Hi everyone, we're back. You're listening to episode one of series three. Yes, series three of George and Charlie off the bridle. That's racehorse trainers George Scott and Charlie Fellows, plus me, Tony Rushmer. And we'll be convening over the coming months to discuss all aspects of this racing life. We'll be joined as always by a cast of strong guests, not least in our latest episode. So settle back and enjoy some rollicking good racing chat. Yes, this is Off The Bridle Podcast, partnered by our very good friends at Fitstairs Bookmakers. They stream all racing in the UK and Ireland on their app and website. Do check them out. Welcome back to old listeners and welcome along to any new ones. I'm sat here in the indoor ride at Eve Lodge Stables, home of George Scott, who's on the other side of a table, along with Charlie Fellows. Before we crack on, how are you both? Great, yeah, I've sort of... um I've doubled our, our um, children intake between the two or seven. I now need a minibus to get my family from A to B. Did we, did we know that you were having twins during the podcast last year or we must have done? No, we no, did, I we, think so. I think, I, yeah, I spent most of the time trying to forget it at that point. Yeah. We didn't talk about <laughs> it. We sort of let George, yeah, get along with it. Yeah. So how no, is They very much arrived in full cry. And um, no, great, great. I mean, Polly's been amazing. We've got three now under the under eighteen months, and um, no, it's it's been it's been amazing. But yeah, it's, we've had a few long nights. Touchwood, they're really healthy. Yeah, we took them for their jabs yesterday, which I just hate so much. And it's doubly as bad when you have got two of them. They're sort of like uh, cartoon characters when the tears fly out of that. <laughs> Uh, but and no, what good. does Jemima think of her younger siblings? No, she's good. She's good. She can be fairly heavy-handed at times. But other than that, no, she's good. And uh, Jemima and Jack Fellows met in the park, didn't they, the other day for they the first time? They went for a date. They went for a date in the park yeah. the other day. There's a few. A few. There's a few. Um, wow, well, so many kids knocking around. And Ernie pa- Ernest Palmer, Hugo Palmer's he um, eyes son. On Jemima. Yeah, he does. Charlie, what about you? All good? Yeah, Have all good. Pretty quiet, to be honest. Um, Jack is, uh, was one years old the other day, which was fantastic. We managed to re- re- sort of replace all the friends that he couldn't have with balloons. Our <laughs> kitchen was literally full of balloons. Uh, but um, he didn't have a Scooby-Doo what was going on, no. but his, his mother absolutely loved it. So it was great. And we well, had she a, is a party planner by trade, isn't she? she? Yeah, Events she manager. Party so. planner. And she, she, yeah, she'd happily partake in a party or two as well. So uh, <laughs> it's something she's fun. professional at. Um, but yeah, no, it was really nice, really nice. And otherwise, all quiet, really. So I haven't quite got back into the swing of things yet. No, talking about being quiet, I was desperate to get this podcast recorded a week ago when uh, Fellows hadn't, hadn't registered a winner and suddenly he's burst back into life with the turn of the spring. But you were the fast starter, George, weren't you? Doncaster, Lincoln meeting, bang, bang. Yeah, no, it was an amazing start on the turf for us. Um, it wasn't a massive... It was a surprise that both... All, we, so we won the seven furlong maiden and the ten furlong maiden at Doncaster. Sort of very Barry Hills-esque. Um, he normally farms that, doesn't he? Yes. Doesn't he farm that yeah, ten furlong yeah. maiden? I cannot believe you're comparing yourself to Barry Hills. God <laughs> Almighty! I'm just comparing. Jesus I'm just talking about farming okay, maidens Barry, at carry on. farming maidens at the Lincoln yeah. meeting. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, um, no, but uh, yeah, no, really, really exciting start to the season. You know, we we ran a few horses over the winter, hit the crossbar a little bit, had a few winners, but nothing to really set the pulse racing. And um, yeah, two nice horses. Where they'll end up, I don't know. Um, 
they annoyingly they did look nice as well. Yeah, it's I think really <laughs> devastating. <laughs> that, that is I don't mind him having a winner every now and again, but when he bangs in an impressive one, it really, really gets you in the gut. Yeah, it was one of those meetings where I could see there was a jostled Yami who's a you know, we've talked about Yami on the show before. Actually we must get him on because he's so funny. But there's always a jostle between Fellas and I to see who can secure him to um to dr- to drive to drive to do um to drive us sort of called driving I'm not sure you can really it's yeah it's shaky driving well, I have at to times. Ta- yeah I have to take his phone off it off him and put it in the glove compartment because <laughs> I basically sit the whole way there whilst he's talking to his mates typically and, and then interviews me all the way up with his mate all right Yami hi there yeah I'm like George what Mr Scott I've got uh, Yami it's not Mr Scott um what you got what you I was like literally I'd chuck his phone out the window on the A1. <laughs> Um, but no, so I saw Charlie, we were like part, part, he, he, you were a bit unlucky up at the meeting, weren't you? We were a little bit, yeah. You'll follow that wretched King Oscar over a cliff, won't you? God, I hate that horse. And backed him as well again. Just he never was, learned. oh, he's got it here, uh, he's working, he's 15 kilos lighter. Doesn't want to know, does but he? He does want to know, but when do you get a quick ground Lincoln, for Christ's sake? And no, it, it was, was the last, And it was rattling quick. So he's just been brutally unlucky, but I uh, obviously he worked like an absolute steam train the weekend before the race. So I piled in anti-post, <laughs> thinking I was going to make a fortune, and then we got drawn down low as well. It just all went wrong again. Yeah. Just not. annoyingly, just he will just probably pop up on the biggest of days. But yeah. I think he's getting to that point. I'll where, follow uh, him in. <laughs> yeah. I'll follow him in. I'll be there. He owes me a lot. I'm going to get happen. it back. That's George's winners. But did I read one of your re- uh, winners yesterday, Bill Hilly? Is that Stevie Donahoe's last ride over here? What's yeah. the, what's the story there? Yeah, he's off. Um, your main stable jockey. Yeah, he uh, he is going over to Mauritius, and he, basically he's just struggled for rides. Apart from me, he's really struggled over the winter, uh, which is a travesty because he's a he's a good jockey. Um, I think he's one of the strongest jockeys in the weighing room. Um, and, you know, I think he probably deserves better. But they've just, the rides have dried up a bit. Um, and I think he felt that he needed a change of scenery. I think he was getting a bit sort of sick and probably had had enough here. And I think this opportunity came up uh, and it might open more doors further down the line. And, and he thought, you know what, for he's only going for a couple of months initially, but who knows how long it'll end up for and yeah he just felt a change of scenery and get him out of Newmarket and get him out of England and just go and do something else and for me he'll be a huge loss he's been my stable jockey now for god three four years maybe even longer than that five years uh he's ridden me ton of winners he's um he rides work twice a week uh gets on with all the lads he's always a friendly face we went we drove to Nottingham and back the other day and had a yeah we have a laugh it's always it's yeah he's a nice person to be around and yeah, we'll, we'll miss him a huge amount. I miss him. He's a real part of the team. Nice God, he's welling he... up. He's welling yeah, up over here. Hang on, I've got a tissue here for you, mate. His second last ride was a winning one. Oh, well. You can't no, uh, silver lining. It was nice. And it was, a, you know, it was a horse that I think he was pretty well backed by the sounds of it. I think everyone at Nottingham was on it. And I think pretty much all my lads were on it. What so price did he open? I saw him in a 41. He was about 12 to 1 was the night he before. really? Yeah, yeah. And did I you didn't, fancy it? I, I did, but I didn't have a penny on him. Yeah, but did you tip him tip him up? To uh, yeah, I was. Your cronies. I, I was. I was sort of po- very positive about him. His work well had been done. good. And you bought him. You only bought him for ten, 10 grand. grand. Who bought him? Did you? Uh, so it was a combination of me, 
Will Douglas, Will Douglas yeah. and Ed Frost. So it was you and Will fo- from Frosty you picked him <laughs> up. You and Will went into the ring. Bid for him, Frosty did the work. Frosty did all the legwork. Sounds about right. Uh, no, it was very much team effort. Um, but it was... Uh, well, well done. We, yeah. He's so. to see the stars. Yeah, but he's out of a five furlong winning mare. He's a quick No, mare. but to pick up and see the stars for 10 grand, yeah. pretty lightly raced. Was very lightly well raced. Done. Yeah. I'm just sort of <laughs> going back to me. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, you want to talk about your maiden winners again? Yeah, Lee? sorry. Come on then. What's the plan? Who cares uh, if Stevie Donnie? This one's going to go to the Derby trial. <laughs> I can't decide whether he's going to go to Sandown or whether I'm going to send him to Lingfield. No, but right. maybe we might go around Lingfield so that we can try him out. You know, it's nice to try out down that left-hand <clears> bend. Well, he's been around Lingfield, admittedly, on the all-weather twice, so it's not. It's not that like he's an unbalanced horse. Right. So he's just going to go where the ground's the softest because okay. he, he loves soft ground. At home, he's an. He's. He looks at home like a. Very very good horse on soft ground when the ground's a little bit faster on the all weather he can barely lift a leg we went up uh, first gallop back after winning the winning the um the race at Doncaster all excited Derby try worked him the other yesterday didn't lift a leg on the all weather just pushed him for three furlongs but um Michael Tebbett rode him <coughs> he said don't worry about it he said he's just it's, it's just the way he is and actually we've seen signs of that throughout with him but you know it's all sort of got out of bed with a real spring in my step and a lot of horses do that, don't they, at home? Yeah. You know, uh, so when don't. is the Lingfield Derby trial? Mm. It's not for a little bit, is it? I think we're more likely to look at Sandown or Epsom than Lingfield. I go for the Epsom, okay, the yeah, Blue Ribbons. I think Epsom might, you know, because I'm sure he'll handle the track. We, we, want, we want to live the dream, you know? Yeah. I want him to, like, you know, much like you did with King Oscar. George, don't think you've actually named your... Too, too friendly. No, I, I'm re- he's a very exciting horse. He's, he's by Camelot. Out of a mare called Chatline, whose granddam is Marling, who's a Group One winning Myler, so he's got the pedigree as well. And he's got two maiden winners. I know. Not I got one. the call telling me George we're going P. P. So George Peabody won over seven furlongs. Yeah. He won really well. He won by three and, and a half. We're going to look so. after him, yeah. and we might look at something like the Britannia or maybe the <laughs> seven furlong race. Uh, and we're just going to take our time. We're going to train him like he's a nice horse. And then I enter him at Kempton next week. Have you entered him at Kempton next week? <laughs> no, the, the, yeah, I have, but I have, but the, he's got to have to run once more, obviously. So he'll, he'll he'll probably get a string of entries, and we'll just pick our spot. It's a very easy horse to keep on the go. We're talking about the start of the turf season, of course, but it is also the end of the uh, national hunt season, and I'm sure many of our listeners have been watching the action from Aintree over the last few days. It, it's been a poignant meeting for you, George, hasn't it? Yeah, no, definitely has. Um, especially, you know, my, my family, who is my mother, is great friends with Rose Rose Patterson, who tragically um, took her life a few months ago. And um, you know, she was just the beating heart of Aintree. Um, the Fox Hunters has aptly been named after her. And um, you know, it was an it was a meeting that my mum would always um would go and and spend a lot of time with rose and be at the meeting with her so it's been a a tough time for her but of course you know um far more significantly her amazing family that we grew up with um you know the only the only tiny ray of sunshine to come out of it is that they've incredibly bravely set up the rose patterson trust you know which is there to raise money for charities that help prevent suicide and as Owen said, on, um, her husband said on, um, on ITV, you know, if, if that can prevent one family going through um, what they've just awfully gone through, then, you know, it'll be something that's well, well worth um, investing in. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to um, getting in touch with the family, seeing if we as, as Newmarket can raise some money 
and help support the trust and um, you know continue to do that over the next few years so yeah it's a very poignant meeting for everyone and um, as I say I'm looking forward to jumping in both with both feet and getting this new this new market spirit and, and helping helping the trust where we can. Yes we will return to that subject and the trust through the season because it is a very important topic that we want to uh, follow through the season. Keep us updated, please, George. Okay, uh, as mentioned at the top of the podcast, we have a great guest for you in episode one. James Fanshawe is about to join us. Now, normally at this point, I would say a few words to introduce our guest. But seeing as James used to be Charlie's boss, I think it's only fitting that Charlie sets the scene. Charlie, do the honours and tell us all about Mr. James Fanshawe. I have five fantastic years uh, with James. We had a string of Group 1 winners throughout my time there. And he is, in my eyes, and I'm not just saying this because I worked with him for five years, but he is, I believe, one of the most underrated trainers in the country. He gets a Group 1 winner every single season. You name the last year, he didn't have a Group 1 winner. And he would have 80 to 90 horses. He does not have a lot of horses. There are trainers with three times that amount who don't achieve that and he is really patient with his horses but he gets the best out of them and last year he went and I mean where did that come from yeah, or Deiray she won a handicap at bloody Newcastle yeah the next thing we see she wins a group one in France goes out and wins the Breeders Cup fillies and mares wham bam thank okay. you ma'am and you can guarantee she'll come back and win a group one this year as well and yeah he is just he is an absolute genius he is very patient sometimes people think he's too patient but if he produces the results like he continues to produce then fantastic and he's also very funny he's got a great sense of humor i'm sure he will try and take the piss out of me he loves his music which we can get him on and um he'll be a great guest so i'm looking forward to getting him on have you spoken to him <laughs> since your little altercation on the heath the other day um, <laughs> be quite awkward actually. yeah so so ba- 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 basically um on the Newmarket Heath, there's two canters on Warren Hill, and there's a new rule that's come in quite rightly, which was voted in by all the trainers, myself included, that you're not allowed to, when the tractor's on one canter, you're not allowed to wait and queue and wait for the tractor to get off. You've got to take your slot and go up the other canter. Anyway, I was coming coming in hot from a night with the twins, literally a, a half an hour, three half an hour sleeps, and I was stood at the top of Warren Hill. And um, I was actually talking to um, another trainer, Chris, Chris Dwyer, and um, I wasn't really concentrating. And Alex, my assistant, who was at the bottom of my string, rings me and says, George, um, you know, uh, if we wait, we're going to cause trouble down here. And I just said, oh, and I could see the tractor and he was near, in my eyes, was near the bottom. Anyway, clearly wasn't. He was about two furlongs from the bottom. I just said, look, I'll just, you know, just wait. Anyway, James's string was behind me and actually Charlie's string was behind me. Anyway, I wasn't down. Charlie was down there and what, all hell was breaking loose, wasn't it? Literally, it was carnage. <laughs> and James Fanshawe so was going, going mad at uh, George's string. I obviously was getting right involved. I was jeering him up saying, God, this is an absolute <laughs> disgrace. And, uh, and then my governor, I call him governor, the gov was riding out on his hat. He rides out on a hat every day. And he then goes no, trotting so, off. So, so, I, so anyway, Alex then calls me at the bottom and says, listen, you've, you're going to get a serious bollocking here. 
So anyway, I said, oh, I don't care. And anyway, I see fellows, because fellows walk, Charlie walks every day. And you can see this red blob, walk, and I see I blocked his horse. So Charlie was ringing me, ringing me, and I was thinking, the last thing I need is fellows being self-righteous, <laughs> ringing me, <laughs> saying, come on, what are you doing? So I was, di- I was red- reading his calls. And anyway, I wasn't concentrating, and this hack suddenly emerges in my... T- Eyeline and it's James on this big hack and he's crossed over the counter and he's galloping towards me. So I thought, what the hell's going on here? He starts shouting at me, George, you're bang out of order. You shouldn't have done that. I said, oh, I just, I just, I don't know why, but I just lied through my teeth. I said, sorry, James, I hadn't noticed. I didn't really. He said, I was stood with your assistant when you <laughs> rang her. I said, no, no, you must be mistaken, James. <laughs> I didn't ring her. He said, don't you lie to me. I said, oh God. Anyway, so I ring fellows and say. <laughs> oh god that wasn't great I said and I don't need it from you and he said mate I was ringing you to say that Fanshawe's on his way up and he's going to bollock you if I'd picked up the call I'd have got it and I'd have run down to him and said James I'm really sorry anyway so I, I got his number off Charlie and I just said the most pathetic grovelling message just saying oh, I'm so sorry oh, and, right. and he, was, he was charming about it and quickly turned on to sending me a picture of Albin the chipmunk and he said, who does this remind you of? And I said, well, obviously, Charlie. That was Charlie. Simcock. That is not him. That was Simcock sent it to him. I did it, yeah. yeah. You, do, you do look like Alvin, to I me. I don't fair. look like Alvin. Have you seen him since, this altercation? On the yeah, league? no, no, we have. He's been incredibly charming, as always. He's, he's a very, very kind, kind man. He's a real legend of, uh, of Newmarket. You know, you know, highly respected and... You know, unlike unlike some other trainers, he's he's not liable to fly off the hook easily. So um, you know, when he does, it's it's fair fair. Our guest has his career has spanned over thirty years, believe it or not. That you know, and that amazes me. And his most successful charge would also Soviet song. Yeah, yeah. He's trained some amazing horses. Oh, I mean, I was doing some research, and it's staggering. Cheltenham Ch- Festival, champion, two champion hurdle winners, Royal Gate. Hall of Loire Troisième, uh, yeah. and also another horse that's won at the festival, Reveille, uh, yeah, and the, Aintree, yeah, has won both yeah. those festivals. And I think he had played a huge part in Stouty's um, champion hurdle winner as well, Kropensis. Kropen- yes. Soviet song, he's trained Group 1 Sprinters, Society Rock, Deacon Blues, he's trained Group 1 Milers, Group 1 Stayers, everything. Oh, I mean, the, the, you name the it. The list, as you say, there's Frizzanti. Yeah. Macad- macadamia uh, macadamia james, that yeah. was james yeah the tin man talking about sprinters tin man he's society rock just a personal favorite he, society he rock. just finds them doesn't he yeah group one horses and as you just alluded to every year and what amazes me is royal ascot winners cheltenham aintree festival he can sussex stakes he can yeah. just turn up at all the big festivals all the big meetings glorious good yeah. and, he, and he wins yeah. and, no, he's and he's the most the other thing he's the most personable polite sort of modest isn't he he's modest he's not one of these trainers front and center he's kind of low-key very modest and it was wonderful to see at Keeneland when Adaria 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 when she won the you know the because we haven't mentioned Jacko yet which is James's wife um they are a great double act together aren't they they're they're formidable together and just a lovely couple and one of those great new market teams no definitely I mean you know it goes without saying they, got, they, they do lug the dogs around in the back of the car every morning and start barking, yeah, sort of get a right fright. absolutely barking mad, like, they're, do, but they're do, great, they're what fantastic. What dogs have they got in there? Licorice all sorts, you wouldn't know. But There's some amazing stories of him when he was probably at the height of, you know, he's quite intense, you know, of him raking the gravel at sort of one in the morning and stuff. And I think he has to, he does a lot of things to try and keep his mind 
occupied. Like he'll go, he used to go and jump in the tractor and just go and cut the grass in the paddock. And you know, Sundays just to, yeah, he's just always on the go, always thinking. But you know, that's probably why he's so good. I'm, he's a guest I'm really looking forward to, just because he is one of the great sort of eccentric characters and brilliant trainers of this town. And it's up to us to get a good interview out of him, fellas. James, thanks very much for agreeing to join us on the podcast. We are all really excited that you're our first special guest for the series. And we can't start off without finding out a little bit about the, the fellow's years at Pegasus. What was he like as a uh, pupil assistant assistant? Did you enjoy... Pupil assistant. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like having an, an honourable as your pupil assistant? <laughs> well, no, Charlie was very unlike, you know, we, did, we, we didn't know early on that he was an honourable, but we enjoyed finding out that he was and <laughs> made the most of it. But um, no, Charlie, Charlie came from um, Australia and, um, you know, he settled in very quickly. Um, and obviously, you know, like we all do, we, he, um, he progressed with experience and, uh, and was very soon a valuable part of the team. We got on. We just we got on very well. Like it was easy, though, wasn't it? It was. We, we did. We got on well, and so and because of that, it just made it so much easier. <laughs> how long I actually were you really together enjoyed. For? Was it three right. years? How long were we together for? <laughs> <laughs> In a relationship, we. Were, I worked for five years there. Five years. Yeah. And, I don't, I, and to be fair to Charlie, I think there was only one serious reprimand in those five years, yeah. and I can still remember it now on on the Moulton Road. Cool. <laughs> and I was in a bad mood anyway, but uh, yeah. anyway, it was what uh, it was. I just need, need to go. I through. can't really remember. But I can. I do, but that is genuinely true. In <laughs> yeah. five years, I think we, I, I one major. That's amazing. But, considering oh, I, the can, environment. I can't remember. I'm not going <laughs> to. It was a to do. I said something about a, a, a note or something about a horse. You contradicted in, fr- in front of an owner. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> God, I've forgotten that. Yeah, I did. That was quite early on. Yeah. He, he said something about a horse, and I said, but it was in front of owners, and it, I was completely wrong, and I got a. It's the similar to one with me with Michael Bowers, assistant there for three years. I only got one major bollocking and it was after Motivator had his first runners. And I went to Kempton and I said, uh, we had a Motivator and he looked quirky and he got beat. And I said, um, well, he's a bit typical of Motivator at this stage. (laughs) (laughs) I walked into breakfast. You cannot say that. He said, we're trying to promote this Italian. Imagine if John Warren reads this. (laughs) And hindsight, oh, it's an absolutely terrible move. Yeah. Now, you were assistant to Sir Michael, and I, and I sort of often wonder about that. that is that, that a demanding job, or, or was it actually a lovely job? I mean, what, what was it like working for the 10-time champ? Well, it was set a bit like um, Charlie when he arrived. Me, I arrived in there when I was uh, 20. And, um, you know, you're, you're green, and um, he was very... He sort of increased your responsibility, but you had to earn it, you know. And yeah. uh, there was John Ferguson was there at the same time, and, we, and we, uh, he was in Freemason, I was in Beecher, so we competed. John left, and then it, you know, um, responsibility progressed. And uh, you know, I think John and I weren't paid very much when we arrived there, and uh, we went up to the governor and said, uh, "Now then, governor, um, if you pay peanuts, you'll get monkeys." And uh, we probably had a couple, and and it coincided. It coincided um, with. Um, the arrival of the Mactoon family and uh, there were some wonderful horses there and there's great competition between Michael and uh, Henry Cecil you know one was champion one year one was the next and then there's obviously Sir Guy Harwood and John Dunlop but Newmarket they were the sort of two really big yards and I was really lucky to be involved there and I was there seven years so three or four years get a pretty responsible role and then when you've been there five or six you're thinking oh this is pretty good and then 
thank goodness Pegasus came up and he said, bloody hell, you should get that. And that was, you know, off I went. And you, know, you go from a very cushy, well-paid assistant trainer's job in the best yard probably in the world at the time. And, um, and then, then, then you're off to start from square one again and then you have to really earn your keep. What constitutes a good assistant, a good pupil assistant? What are the things that you want from your right-hand person? Well, James is definitely in a better position than, than myself or Charlie, I suppose, to, to answer that. But, um, but having been an assistant, I guess, you know, you don't really want to be getting in the way. You just want to be a, reli a reliable pair of hands and not get, not get above your station and just add value throughout, I suppose. Get on with people. I can imagine one of those is a real issue for you. Add, adding value. <laughs> and getting above your station. Yeah. <laughs> more, more, more. I did again. I I do remember being called into Bells once, and he said, "I told off." I said to one of the girls, "Can you just brush the yard?" And she sort of told me to bugger off. And she was about twice my age. She said, looked at me, and he said, "George, the yards were brushed uh, long before you got here, and they'll be brushed long after. <laughs> don't don't aggravate the staff." <laughs> I don't know, but James, I mean, you, you've, you've, uh, is, you know, t t Tom is your now your assistant, isn't he? You're, yeah. Uh, your, your son, and obviously um, he, he, he comes with a lot, of, a lot of experience from growing up in the yard and also rides out. And I suppose that's slightly different to, to having Charlie and the light come through. But what, what, when, when you do your interviews and when you're looking for someone to come and, come and be your assistant, what, what's it that you like in someone? Well, actually, with regards to um, interviews, I haven't, I haven't actually done that many. I, um, interviewed Kevin and um, Kevin Philibert Defoy. Interviewed him when he came. Um, Charlie, I don't think we'd interview. I, I was I, I was told Charlie was coming and sure. that, that he was he, he was there and by his mother. <laughs> by his mother. <laughs> <laughs> she's a pretty she's a pretty fierce, to be fair. She could have got him a job anywhere. Right. <laughs> uh, with with interviews, I think you've got to have someone you get on with because you're together all the time and if you don't gel it's it's there's lots of friction and every little thing will annoy you you know so you've got to have someone who you're going to get on with and it's probably unfair um to say that but it's you're so close all the time you know everything you know from from sort of six in the morning till midday and then evening stables and after evening stables and then going racing there's got to be you've got to you know you've got to get on um, you might be the best assistant in the world, but if you don't get one with your boss, you might as well go and work for someone else. Yeah. Sure. I, I can tell this story, I think. The governor knows it well. When I first... His new assistant is Tom Fanshawe. When he was younger, he was a, he was a handful. And on my first week as his assistant, uh, Tom went through my Facebook and he found a picture of me at a um, fancy dress party. And the theme because the friend's surname was Gainer. The theme was, it was called Gay Fest, and it was basically a festival in France. He found a picture of me wearing some red leather hot pants and a purple tiara. He printed it off and he put it on the staff notice board in my first week. In my first week. That's it was a real baptism of fire. I didn't see it. Oh, you must try yeah. and dig that out, James. Yeah. Um, what, what, was, what did you learn from James, Charlie, when you look back at those five years? What are the things that you feel were the most important elements that you take, took away from the Pegasus years? I think everybody knows that, um, that probably he's one of the most patient trainers uh, in the country. And that um, I think uh, it, it's difficult to say this because he's sat right next to me, but I think he, he's very good at, he knows a good horse when he sees one and he knows that if they need time, you look at Ordera, like what she achieved last year, having won a Newcastle handicap 
uh, she then went out and won a group one and then went and won the you know it would it's you've got to be very confident in your assertions to to and he he, he knew that she was a good horse she he's always and he just knew that she'd come in her own time and I suppose that I'd like to think that I'm patient as well there are times where I get annoyed with myself and I think that I maybe I rushed a horse uh, and that 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 annoys me I'm happy to admit and I get pissed off because I think that I've you know, done the wrong thing but that probably was the one you know number one thing I learned but you know, when I was at Pegasus, we had the roll call of horses we had. So I started there in my first year. We had Spacious, who how she didn't win a Group One, I do not know. Second, how many times a Group One? Three. Three. Yeah, kept on getting always done on the line. Yeah, always Matron. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Society Rock came along. He's a personal favourite. Who was a legend? Just because his character, James, he 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 was a um, quite a complicated horse to train, wasn't he? Especially in the stalls, was he bad in the stalls, Charlie? Weren't you in charge of him in the stalls at one point? Well, it was a team effort, me and the army. Him and yeah, the blind leading the blind. <laughs> he would have won more group ones if I'd got the stalls more organised, actually. Um, and was that just it, in it, his nature, James, or was that just a thing that he developed? Just, he just used to suck himself. It did. It got worse. Did it? He had half rear. And and then the gates would open. He'd be on his hind legs, and and they'd be gone. And um, so he did this sort of two or three times in a race. And then, obviously, in his last year, you knew well his last year and a half, you knew what he was going to do, because Kieran and Charlie and Yami had got had got a good routine, and he was much more consistent. Whereas before then, he could run a really good one when it all went right, and then could run a stinker. So, but he was the most he was the toughest horse because. Um, he unfortunately broke his broke his neck in the in the playpen and um, such a loss, James, wasn't he? Because he was producing some really really good well, stuff. Well, he was amazing because he uh, we're diverging a bit because he he rec- a recovered from that. I thought he'd never recover from that, but he was on he was sort of partially paralysed behind. But he managed to get 160 mares in foal in his first year on three legs, wow. and that, then then the arthritis sort of set in, you know, um, um, laminitis into into his good foot. After two years, and unfortunately, that was that was the end. If you look back at the, um, I mean, the one thing that we were discussing before you arrived was, you know, Ascot, Goodwood, and then throw in Cheltenham, and Aintree, jumps winners as well at the highest level. What what gives you, or what has given you a bigger buzz, winning those big races at Royal Ascot because you are a flat trainer, or actually turning up at Cheltenham Festival and going boom, champion hurdle? Uh, I don't know really because I. T- I think you sort of say, right, at the time, you really needed that winner. So that's, at that time is the most special one. So like Odaria last year, you know, because it was in the middle of COVID, um, because we'd had no prize money all year, and because it was a hell of an adventure, you know, it was a real adventure going to the other side of the world. I know lots of people don't lots of times and that sort of thing, but for us, it was the first time we'd done it. And it for it actually come off, you know, we had the double, obviously the double with the Wokingham and the, and the Diamond Jubilee. That was a very special day. Because it's just happened after a really tricky year, I think whew, that was really, really special. And for, for me to actually come down off Ordario took a, took a while. Um, so uh, I think that's very special. And then you to go back to Cheltenham. Well, Cheltenham's last one we did was 20 years ago. So the champion hurdle then obviously Ravalli in 2007. So, um, wow. James, all that you've, you've been a master at your trade from training five furlong horses to champion hurdle horses. I know, I know there obviously there are details which change, but generally in the training of those horses day to day, week to week, is, is there a big difference in, in the way you prepare them for those races? I mean, just, just to go into a little bit of 
in how you prepare like staying horses to sprinters and things and do you like to keep those sprinters very fresh and i think charlie runs that pretty well i think not really much difference except the work when they're galloping one gallops a short distance another one gallops a long distance but you know the the day-to-day day-to-day routine, very, much very the same. much the same yeah very much it's, it's back at home is the it's quite important as well um you know keeping them fresh and happy and it's not just out yeah. on the gallops, is it? No, it's, it's, no. It's, uh, it's the whole thing. It's back at home, and you've got to have a good team that you know, care for the horses, love the horses. And uh, you know, Pegasus is the most beautiful yard. Oh, it's so a lovely cool. yard. Um, and I think with, with the jumpers, uh, the point you just hit on there is we had a really good team preparing the jumpers, right. and we haven't got that. That's why I stopped, because we, didn't, you know, we were running every sort of middle distance flat horse was going hurdling. Oh, really? It was ending up going hurdling. Fantastic. So... so um, um, and then we had a, we had Steve Steve Smithekos was the sort of schooling jockey, you know. He yeah. he and we had a really really good and McCoy would come down that sort of, and and we had some they were really I think for the jumpers everyone think, oh I just popped that over her it'll be fine they've got to be properly schooled and prepared sure. and it's whether they're flat horse or jumpers they've got to, the preparation has got to be good and um, and um, if you you can't half do it you know no. with, with jumping so. we had we had. Um Spring Jim for the fat builder. He was sixth yes. in the Supreme Novice, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. That was while I was yeah, there. Yeah. But that was almost, they were the last hurdlers yeah, yeah, you really yeah. had. Um, and you made a decision, did you, we're not going to train jumpers hurdlers? Well, I didn't say we're not because, it, you know, because it, you always think another one. But we had a really good um, system for the jumpers. And it, so I thought, right, well, everything's going jumping. We've got to concentrate. And I felt the profile was going more towards jumping than, than flat. And I think we felt we ought to think, right, we're going to, we're flat trainers and that's what we're doing. And um, it's all, all around sort of 2010 because we had a bit of a downturn then. We, things were a bit dicey in 2010. Then Charlie came along, you see, and uh, it all picked up again. It's a society <laughs> rock. So. Yeah. Um, James, have you really been training for 30 years now? Did I read that you started in about 1990 from Pegasus? Yeah, 1990, 30, 31st year, yeah. Does, yeah. I mean, how is that? Does it feel like, oh, it's been a lifetime? Or does it actually kind of, you can quite remember being fellow's age, Scott's age, and has it gone fast? Oh, I can definitely remember that, you know, I just all I can say is just make the most of your 20s and 30s because it flies by and, you know... I, um, You're nearly out the other end already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. But, <laughs> and then you sort of think, you know, when you're, uh, when you're their age, you think you're going to be the next Michael Stark, the next Henry Cecil, and then... And then uh, then you're not, <laughs> and then you, but you have to get to reality. And then uh, for me, you know, it's 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 well, 30 years, and you just, uh, as Charlie said, you're just trying to get the, you're looking for a good horse all the time rather than trying to be champion training. You just if you've got a good if you've got a good one, try and maximize maximize it and look after it. You Is know, that what yeah. sustains you? The the constant, if you like search or having a good one in your instance you've got one at the moment is is it th- that what gets you up or is it could it be just winning the battle with a 70 rated horse that you've taken your time with <sighs> and has now suddenly won a couple well that's that that's very satisfying as well you know the, the bad horses or the, especially got a well-bred filly that you know the, that uh, you can get to win and that's it's some you know, often like equivalent of a group winner but i think that's the wonderful thing about being a trainer you never know what's around the corner you know as long as you've got some horses you never know that one might be the next you know might be the next Tin Man or the next or Daria whatever you, you never know and I think it was August the 3rd last year that um, or Daria won a handicap up Newcastle and then suddenly boom it goes and that's the whole yeah. excitement of it you know it's that the you get a good one and do a good job with it that's the that's the kick in it for me did you know she was that good I mean she, oh, well she she's luckily last year was she she's got a very she's got a very um, she has got a very enthusiastic owner and um, and Alison, she's backed us, and she's been in Fred Archer and Alison Swinburne, and she's given me carte blanche. And I've actually found um, 
the owners that's you know that because I, I'm probably considered fairly mad with my approach sometimes but elite they go between sort of 10,000 20,000 depending on on the horses of members but they're the easiest people to train for they had Soviet song I've had ribbons um, uh, tribute act we had some really good but even though there's sort of a huge amount of members you're allowed to do what you want to do and and that sometimes um, that can be it might be totally wrong but it actually you think oh yeah I've got that and then um, if you get a free carte blanche it's not possible now but it's it, it's often very um, you get the best results with that you, you mentioned Fred Archer there the guys have their podcast syndicates Fred Archer has been very successful hasn't it and it's kind of got a lovely feel to it people I know are involved in Fred Archer they love it what do you try to give your partnership members it almost feels like ownership well, well I do, that's a clever thing about um, elite as well but Jacko is, is brilliant Jacko my wife she sort of set it up and we were very lucky because we had Tin Man and it was one of the first um, of the four horses we bought and um, but it's unfortunately Covid is, it's going to actually a bit negative for some of these syndicates because they people just love to come and see the yard because it's a beautiful place they come and see the horses and they you know it, and it's and the girls back at home keep them well informed Jacko keeps them very well informed and uh, you know I think everyone's got a syndicate they've had to sort of completely change their way of informing them now with the films you know you lot on the digital stuff the youngsters are much better than we are but um, um, it's keeping them informed but you know when they come to Pegasus it's like they own the horse rather than you know a partner owners that's the way it is and that's the way racing is going to is going ahead now because the owners who used to go and spend between 30 and 50 grand are, are for one horse and pay the training fees on one horse are very few and far between so how do you get those owners back in again at syndicates you know they, they can be involved in a few horses it's been really yeah. i mean they didn't the fred archer was set up after i left that shows you how quickly it's like they've had a lot of good horses amazing yeah yeah, yeah. You, i thought actually your horse ran quite well yesterday yeah 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 the, did you, was that traveled the, well was that the filly yeah turn on the charm yeah it's like a hot race yeah, yeah it hot. was i think it was a good race yeah. but he she, traveled good yeah, looked yeah, like maybe yeah, just got yeah, a bit yeah. disorganized and he? he was coming with a run and he yeah. sort of, was it yeah. is he was it i thought it was a filly no obviously not filly? um no um gelding and gelding, the, he ran and very then well. the mile race yeah yeah um so I know that you liked Ordaria a lot before she won at Group 1. Is there a younger horse at the moment you've got your eye on who you think... Oh, who's God. your next up-and-comer? No, well, going back if to Ordaria, going back to Ordaria, you know, she always looked nice at two even. She's a big, rangy filly. Um, and she always looked nice at two. And I was telling Alison, you know, I love this. I like this filly, I like this filly. And we'd had some pretty average ones before that. And... Um, I thought she won at Kempton first time out and it looked we definitely thought and Roger Charlton was just behind me and I thought we definitely won you know at Kempton first time out anyway the photo goes we got beaten Rogers and looked at me with that sort of rise smile <laughs> I was sort of cheering yes <laughs> and then she took three races to win as a three-year-old so I was you know, thinking bloody lunatic you know what's he on about you know but, um, she always looked nice and then the thing that's always in the back of my mind, if you've got a good one as a four-year-old, everyone will be going for it now is, the, is go for the four-year-olds and upwards for his races. And, that's, and that gave her confidence, off she went. So. And yeah. Geoffrey de la Sayette, who rides a, you know, he's, he's a good judge and he knows. And he's not always right, but he's usually right. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a great gauge as well. And he, he never discouraged me. Star apprentice Benoit. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. He does yeah. ride well, doesn't he? Do you think he might get an opportunity to... 
Do you like to claim off your horses, James? Yeah, but I know, yeah, I know yeah, you've yeah, used them, yeah, but you yeah. don't generally claim, do you? Or I don't. No, but um, I know Benoit since he was eleven because he's come right up for us. Um, and um, and and Jeffrey, his dad, is, has been a very good teacher to a lot of young um, apprentices. You know, because he, he's he's um, he's very good with the pony racing with kids, and, and he's just a, just a good teacher. And he's patient with with the boys. You know, because they all want to do this, and he encourages. You know, he lets the lads have fun. You sure. know, there's been but George Wood was with him, and um, and oh, then there's been some jumping boys as well. And uh, you know, there's I think um, young Villiers. I think he's. You know, so they all come in, and Jeffrey can, is a very good horseman and a great teacher. You did a tremendous job, James, of dodging Charlie's question. Then Charlie yeah, said, "He has done a very." He's seen a real sidestep, <laughs> fantastic <laughs> body swerving move. Um, is, is there one or a two that you've kind of got high hopes for, or you sort of feel that you've seen something? Well, I, I just as I came in, I heard Charlie sort of saying, "Like some filly is going for a trial for it, uh, for the Fred, Fred," and I just saw the entries for the bloody. Um, for the um, Nell Gwyn. <laughs> that looks, looks really hot. another body swerve. He's yeah. given us a sidestep yeah. again here. Now, all I can say is I'm really disappointed that they stopped the handicap thing after two runs. I know. Yeah, yeah. That, was nice. that, that, that was a bugger. Yeah. Uh, they stopped that because... Um, <laughs> did you lose a few marks? Did you yeah, I did lose Christmas? a few marks, yeah. Yeah. And... So then it's a bit of a predicament, isn't it? Because you kind of know what you've got, but you've got to, you, you know, with natural progression, you think you'll run back in a maiden and you'll end up getting however much more put on top, don't yeah, you? So yeah, this makes yeah. it makes life yeah. a bit tricky. Yeah. Hopes and dreams, George said about this time of year. Is is that is that about right? And does that still feel, you know, April or do you? I feel cold and <laughs> my horses look cold and miserable. They're looking, they're looking really well about two weeks ago, and then one or two got wet, and they're looking a bit sort of hairier than they were, but. Um, It'll come round again. It's usually we usually actually enjoy this. We used to love this weather when um, Godolphin arrived back from um, Dubai, but they stay here all winter. They <laughs> come back all shiny, and then the wind would change to the east about the tenth of April, and they go hairy. But uh, they're yeah. mainly over here now. But uh, Pegasus, what does that look like at the moment? I mean, it's one of the for, for those that don't know, Pegasus Stables has history, atmosphere. And it's just obvious that James and Jacko care for the place so much. You must have loved going to work there. Just going to work there. Cherry blossom out. Is the is the cherries come out? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's out. And all, it's all been blown off now. It's, and the magnolias got ruined by the frost this week. You oh, see, that was the. Yeah. It's a stunning place, isn't it? You yeah, must you have built loved a, it. You built those new boxes in the middle that are yeah, really nice. Yeah, yeah. So how Again. many can you house there now, James? Seventy-five. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, as we talked about, touched on earlier. The the you know for you know it's a it's a, it's not a massive yard, but the it's just I suppose it's sort of going back to what you're talking about, looking for quality horses and giving them the time to come forward. You know, it's not necessarily a numbers game for you. Well, they're not by choice either, because I I had once after Soviet Song we we expanded to 110, I think, and I had three shocking years because I rented another yard and it yeah. just didn't work. You know, right. so. Um, um, you know, it was very rent. We were stuck with the yard. We were renting for three years when it was empty. That, that put manners on me. I can tell you. <laughs> and and there aren't many. There aren't the, many people that can do you know, can make it work with two yards. And, and I've I found it just doesn't work for me having a, whether I'm not organised enough. You know, you see these, you know some great trainers in Newmarket and obviously. Um, with with huge numbers and in Mark Johnson, you know, winner after winner after winner up in 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 um, Midland, you know, but it, but it's you've got to stand back and and. Um, Put a system in place, isn't it? Yeah, it's more yeah. system driven. Um, but 
you know, think about think about Pegasus. It's got lots of space. We're quite a long way from the heat, but you've got lots. You've got seven acres there, so you've got lots of turnout space and that sort of stuff. You know, and fantastic. And what do you do to relax, James, when you're not thinking about horses, which kind of strikes me you do quite a lot? How how do you um, sort of kick back and say, do you know what, I'm going to put the yard to one side for it, or, or can you do that? Um, I haven't this year has been not a really relaxing year, I don't think, with the COVID <laughs> and stuff. You know, you haven't been away from the place and. Um um, music. I remember when I was in the when I used to work there, we, I'd sit in the office and he'd come in with his headphones on and he'd put them on your head or he'd play them loud on the music and he said, "What do you think of this band?" or "Name the band." <laughs> we used to do that all the time. He's got a very good. He won't say, he won't admit it, but he's got a good music taste. Although I, he doesn't like my favourite band, which really irritates me. Because, no, false. He hates them. No, I don't hate them. No, he doesn't hate them, but I could never get him into it. I've tried him over and over and over again, and he's not really... Foles have got a like a gig organised, haven't they, for like literally when everyone's allowed to come back. I was talking to our friend Emma Banks. Emma Banks. Yeah, and she was saying that they've got one of the first gig so we might have to yeah. you might have to drive me down there how do you keep an interest in modern contemporary music then because i kind of find my my music taste got stuck about 25 years ago and i haven't quite gone with the kids have you do you still down with what's going on musically now then do you keep yeah i do yeah out? because the spotify is good because it puts you onto a band you know that, yeah. that sounds a bit like that you know so yeah. you, you you think um so you get, um, you know, so I went through Tom a phase. Tom Fanshawe, he'd keep you in the loop Yeah, but well, he goes back to the old stuff. Music. He likes the old stuff. Yeah. Does he? You know, yeah, and then I sort of said, Tom, listen to this. <laughs> oh, dad, yeah. And then he said, oh, yeah, I like that. We were, like we were talking about that ridiculous um, clap of hands, say, yeah. And that yeah. was, we, we got, you know, we never, never some early 2000 stuff. And then I went through, I have been going for a really early sort of 90s stuff, you know, with the sort of Stare at Your Shoes band what they, and um, the grungy bands like... Um, uh, the Dandy Warhols and um, Smashing Pumpkins. I went and that. Um, if you want to listen to, like, my tip with if you haven't ever listened to um, Siamese Dream, that is some album. And really? the, yeah, and they can't play it live because it's so complicated. It was yeah. just playing it over. And it, that is a brilliant album. They're quite left centre of ones. I was thinking we might have said I don't know the Clash, the Smiths, but you've gone for like Dandy Warhols, Smashing Pumpkins. There. Well, Radio. If I had to have one bun band ever, it would be Radiohead. But I've just overplayed that so much. Do you follow other sports? Um, yeah, I, I like I like the motor racing, obviously. And um, his dad was. Um, well, he's a brilliant driver, your dad, wasn't he? So he's a, he was... That was a long time. He was showing me photos the other day. Was that your dad's thing? My dad used to drive, yeah. Keeping that for Amateur another day, stuff. are you? Sorry? Keeping that for no, another no, day. No, no, it really wasn't very... He, like, he'd scared the crap out of me when I was in the <laughs> car with him. But uh, he's got, he was cool. He um, used to drive sort of old Maserati and stuff. It was great. One. So yeah. you dro- you would like the Formula what, the Formula One would you that would yeah be- I, I I watch that on a Sunday afternoon if it's if it's yeah. on you know Lewis was brilliant the other day in Bahrain Gray was absolutely yeah, it just right. you know and and it, 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 and, and just got a bit ragged and uh, wore his tyres out and you just thought there's no way that Lewis can win this and he was a bit lucky that um, he had to give his position back but uh, you know he's and he's not like he's 28 he's 36 and he's won, he's won everything broken all the records and there's still a bloody you know he's his appetite for it is, is just so incredible what happened on the heath with scott the other day he was I've just already telling apologized. us there was a little bit of a bust up where you had to go and lay the law down to the master <laughs> of the lodge stables appalling behavior on scott's front and he cut me and me and fanshawe up big time we gave him earful but i was james i was saying i could see charlie coming i was as i was on the back of half an hour sleep i could see charlie in his 
plodding up the hill in his red coat and he was ringing. I could see my phone ringing, ringing. I thought, oh, I just can't be bothered to listen to fellows teeing off on me. <laughs> anyway, the next thing I saw was the hack, you emerging and quite rightly g- giving me a bollocking and me trying to lie my way out of it because I was just caught in the back foot. And anyway, Charlie was ringing me to warn me <laughs> that you were coming <laughs> up the hill. George, you want to run? <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what, no, what was the worst thing that set me off though? It Because w- there was... There, there, your string was so psyched up by you saying take a turn take a turn take a turn and so I, when I said what are you doing boys so there was some clever, clever fellow at the back told me where to go exactly oh God. <laughs> I'm sorry about that I was, I was, and, yeah, and, was and, and your assistant saying well we're only doing what we're told yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. there's a fellow at the back saying yeah yeah we're only doing what we're told so just <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing though, the lad the, the lads in the there morning I was egging it all on <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was ta- as I said, I was talking to Christoire and I was not, and I was, an, anyway, we, I've, I've, I quickly, I quickly rang Charlie and said, you better send me the governor's number and I must apologise. But, but it does happen, doesn't it? But the trouble is though, the trouble is, all trainers, when they're in glass, glass houses, they have to be very careful, they don't to- throw too many stones, because, you know, we, we all just do something, you know, that... Uh, I got an earful from Haggis five minutes yeah, later, so... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But James, honestly, thank you so much for taking the time to come and see us. It's a real treat from from my point of view as a, you know, as a junior trainer to come and spend some time with you and, um, you know, best of luck with the season ahead and hopefully you can unearth another one of those sleepers. Well, you, you never know, but um, there's a lot of you youngsters doing very well at the moment, so, uh, you know, it's us oldies, we have to hang on in there and... Uh, too many youngsters. Yeah. 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 Could really youngsters do with a few of them having a quiet run, if I'm honest. Yeah. But there okay. we go. Thanks. Thank you very much. Good to see you. Really. Yeah, Thank you very much. James Fanshawe, a super first guest for Series Three. I think we ought to get your old governor next, Mike Bell. And George, um, so we can shoot the breeze about your formative years. That's for another day. What's more important, I'm sure for listeners to episode one, is it's the Craven meeting. It's the start of the turf in earnest this week, Newmarket, Newbury. Some thoughts on upcoming runners, guys, from where, what horses to run this week particularly. Yeah, I've got definitely got a few horses to run um, throughout the week. Anything at the Craven? A uh, couple of handicappers. Nothing in the stakes races. What about it's you? It's going to be quick, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a drying wind. We, we, we could do with some rain up here for sure. Certainly going to be quick for the breeze-ups for the horses. I imagine they'll run, they'll run some nice times. I've got a two-year-old actually to run a two-year-old filly by Dark Angel at down Newmarket. Here. Yeah, down here. She's quite a nice filly. She tries very hard and I'm not sure she'd be good enough to trouble the judge first time, but I do like her. And actually, it slightly leads on to uh, the, the, the syndicate because I know you've got a two-year-old filly for the podcast syndicate. A few shares are available. It's been very popular, but I've been seeing some videos of our, our dad. Yeah, that was working you, well. There was you mocking me, worrying that it wouldn't be seen until it was three years old. Uh, it hasn't been seen yet. She's done a piece of work though, which yeah, is which good. is a big step step forward in the right direction. She's um, she's nice actually, yeah. really strong, well made, unbelievably good mind, so straightforward. Put her in the stalls today. She didn't even you know, didn't bat an eyelid. Popped out happy as Larry, um, and she looks all right. I'm pleased with her. She's um, any idea where you, you, you'd like she to start? She sticks six furlongs, so, okay. so we won't be starting until May. Um, but she looks straightforward. It was just that was the first proper piece of work on Wednesday, annoyingly, because the gallops are all pretty quick at the moment. We couldn't get on the grass, so we just went up the Alba Hathri. But she looks really nice, very pleased with her. How's the colt doing? Yeah, good. The Dabrism colt. 
Um, nice big horse, very nice big horse actually. He's just cantering away. He's not going to be ready till the summer, but I like him very much. He's got a nice pedigree. Um, you know, he's got quality horses around him in his pedigree, and yeah, I'm delighted with him. But hopefully, unlike last year, you'll be out early, and I'll be there to um, to give everyone some action in the summer. And talking about um, the horses from last year, they're still with us for this year. The original Off the Bridle podcast syndicate horses, Charlie Fellows and George Scott. Now, we've seen Charlie Fellows running already this this early this year. Um, what's the latest on those two horses? I'll start with you with George Scott the horse. How is George Scott the horse, Charlie? George was pretty much ready to run. I even gave him an entry and he, it was literally like he'd took one, ent- one look at the entry list sheet and decided that it wasn't for him. He wasn't going to have it. So he went on hunger, st- hunger strike for a couple of days. <laughs> Didn't touch, literally just... Didn't touch enough. The day we gave him the entry, that evening, he just d- didn't touch his food and he didn't eat for about... Didn't eat properly for about two days. Uh, so and what then, did you do with him at that point? Did you just stick just, him on the walker or lead out? No, I kept, kept, kept riding kept him. His temperature was good and he was fine. No, no, no signs of him being under the weather. He still hasn't quite come in his coat. Uh, a lot of mine aren't there yet. This this weather is God, it's just Bruce, not bitter. easy. So cold. And cold the, north winds. I mean, from Easter Sunday, 17 degrees, yeah. to two days later, minus yeah. three. Incredible. It's, can you imagine the change it for these plays horses? plays havoc with these horses. So it, it's, it's just not there yet, but he's back doing two canters again now and he's fine and he'll probably start galloping again next week if I'm happy with him. So And he looks great. He looks fantastic and his work had been good you know, prior to... Uh, to him just going off his food for a bit. But. And physically, you always imagined that he was a horse who had some scope to have another winter over his back and make that level of progression that you'd hope for a horse, isn't he? Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a lovely size, a good size. I wouldn't say he's massive, but I, he's definitely not small. He was always going to fill into his frame and be a better three-year-old. So, um, so no, I'm, I'm pleased with him. He's done well and his sister progressed with age and won a few over the winter. So it generally looks like the family improve as they get older. The equine Charlie Fellows? Yeah, no, um, he's just run once this year. He, he ran perfectly creditably, gave, trying to give a lot away, hot race. weight away, yeah, exactly, to us. A, a, a horse that's subsequently gone yeah. and won a hot handicap afterwards. So we were pleased with that. But he just hasn't come to himself, you know. He's just a bit starey in his coat. And as a result, you know, I backed off him. I missed a couple of engagements with him. And, you know, as I said to the guys the other day, you know, that will certainly reap, reap, will reap the rewards in the... Um, for the remainder of the season but he's definitely starting to come back to life now he's bright um, but he's just a bit washy in his coat and um, as a result just not rushing him but um, it's a shame because you know he, he'd be taking advantage of this faster ground he would have run in a conditions race yesterday and they all finished in a heap I'd imagine he'd have run well but there's some nice nice races for him you know he's going to go to the Chester May meeting provided the ground's okay wow. and then his his um his main target is obviously the five furlong, the new five furlong, the Holly Root, Holly Root handicap for the for the for the, for the two for the three year olds um, at Royal Ascot. So he'll give his owners a fantastic day out, and you know I would think that he's just going to be a very admirable sprinter for however long we keep him for. Won't it be fun this year when you know restrictions ease as we go through the the roadmap to having a a more normal way of racing life? We'll be able to get those podcast owners and all our owners back in the stables and enjoying that aspect of racehorse ownership, which I know for those guys that signed up to the syndicates, that's kind of the fun, coming to the Heath, coming seeing the trainers, the horses behind the scenes, and that is one of the real things we've missed over the last year, isn't it, chaps? Yeah, no, definitely. You know, racing is fundamentally an entertainment industry, so... um 
So it's really important that we, you know, that we put a, put a show back on as soon as we're able to, and it's not far away. You know, there's very much some light light at the end of the tunnel, and uh, we intend to uh, make full use of that. Charlie, just your horses to run uh, through Craven Week and Newbury. The, I mean, the one I'm looking forward to is a filly called The Dream, who won her only start last year, and she's going to go for a trial, probably Newbury. So we'll see how that goes. We'll find he out a lot there. He's excited because he was texting me yesterday on the way back from Nottingham saying, oh, I've got one, you know. So uh, I'll be looking forward to that. We might actually end up um, having a runner against you in that, but we'll see how Saturday morning goes. So That's It's hopes and dreams, Tony. Hopes and dreams. That's the month of April for racehorse trainers, isn't it? Hopes and dreams. Yeah, exactly. So, Charlie, your horse to follow for the next week or two, give us one. It's not a tip. Uh, OK, well, I'll give you a tip and I'll give you a one that I'm excited about. Tip is um, Blow Your Horn, who's going to run at Newcastle next week. He's improving. He ran, a, I, think, I think we bumped into one the right. other day uh, at Donny on ground that might end up being slightly on the quick side. He's going to go to Newcastle. Uh, he's improving all the time. My horse that I'm excited about is for Dream in the probably the Fred Darling. It's a big step up, uh, but we think she's pretty smart and we need to find out. So um, that's where she'll go. George, um, one that you think we should be uh, having a look at with our fiver each way or tenor to win? I'm really looking forward to um, Too Friendly, who we talked about earlier, you know, the Camelot Colt who won at Doncaster. Um, you know, he's going to go to a derby trial. Admittedly, you know, it's a big step up. He's got an official rating of 88 after three runs. But, you know, it's just very exciting to have a horse of his calibre again in the yard. Um, you know, it might well be that he's a couple of rungs short of the very top or the top even. But, um, you know, I definitely think he's a horse that's going to fly the flag for us this year. Right, the tips are in then. Um, That's covered everything for episode one of, yes, series three. We'll be back in a couple of weeks or so. Until then, thanks to our producer, Carl Homer from Cambridge TV. Thanks to our partners, Fitstairs. And many thanks to our special guest, James Fanshawe. On behalf of George, Charlie and myself, thanks very much for taking the time to listen. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.